Hello, everybody. Pastor Todd here. Thank you for tuning in to this live broadcast where I want to just give you some updates regarding the situation in Israel, how we can be praying. And I also want to give a unique perspective of why we as believers in Jesus Christ should support the nation of Israel. We don't believe in what's called replacement theology, but we do believe that God has a special heart for the Jewish people. And we'll get into the reasons of why on this broadcast. Before we do that, uh, just want to give uh, some updates here. Um, it looks like air raid sirens are still sounding across Israel throughout the day. Uh, the military says that more than 4,500 rockets have been fired since Saturday. Um, Israel says that it's killed two of the top Hamas officials while continuing to bomb the Gaza Strip area, and the group itself has not confirmed this. A BBC reporter in Gaza said it was the worst bombing he had seen in 20 years with entire neighborhoods flattened. Uh, Hamas has said it won't uh, negotiate on the hostages that it has taken from Israel until the end of the battle. Earlier, Israel said the border with Gaza was secure, and three days after the Hamas has attacked and killed uh, over a thousand people on the side of the Israeli side of the border. So a lot of carnage, a lot of death. The death tolls continue to mount as fighting is still active. Uh, meanwhile, more than 800 people have been killed by the strikes on the Palestinian side, according to Hamas as well. Uh, Israel general has spoken out of babies being killed in kibbutz in a massacre. Uh, let me just talk about this because this is very serious. An Israeli army general has been giving details of what he calls a massacre. It is a massacre um, at Kafar Aza Kibbutz in Israel, which is just a short distance from the boundary with the Gaza Strip. Uh, according to him, he says, you see the babies, the mothers, the fathers in their bedrooms, in their protection rooms and how the terrorist kills them. Unbelievable. It is a massacre, he added. And uh, there are so many just disgusting and horrific and just atrocities that are taking place. And that's why I firmly believe these people are indeed terrorists. They are terrorists. And uh, we need to look at them in that way. And so I want to read uh, why I believe Christians should support Israel. And then we're going to get into the covenants that God made with Israel. I could continue to report all the awful news uh, I do believe fighting is going to greatly intensify. I believe Israel is going to do a massive response that we have not yet seen. I think that we better brace ourselves. I think there is the possibility for a terror cell in the United States or other Western countries to be activated. We know they are here. Uh, hopefully that does not happen. I believe as intercessors, we need to be praying against this. But what I can tell you and what I do think is going to happen is that Israel will prevail. And I do believe there's going to be a massive response, an unprecedented response that we have not seen in our lifetime, uh, probably going back to the Six-Day War or that time period. I mean, this is going to be a massive Israeli response, and I don't think we've seen the gist of it yet. In fact, I think it's only begun. And I am hearing that uh, many people are trying to get out of uh, Gaza uh, from what I know, Egypt has closed the borders. Why would Egypt close the borders? Because they don't want terrorists in their own country. They don't want to open themselves up to the attacks from these folks. Well, so they can't go into Israel unless they would come in and be arrested. They can't go into uh, Egypt. So uh, it's going to be a very 
very tough couple of days if they're in the Gaza region. But uh, Israel is going to go, I believe, in a full force ground campaign at some point and attempt, which I think they will at some point uh, rescue some of these hostages. Now, the you know, obviously, we know these terrorists could, you know, just execute the people if they knew that they were about to be confronted from the Israeli soldiers and the IDF. Uh, so we have to be praying that they don't do that, that they don't execute these hundred plus hostages uh, of all different types of walks of life from civilian to military people that have been taken captive by Hamas. So it's a very delicate situation, a very serious situation. I believe the world is watching. I believe China is watching. I believe Russia is watching. Uh, I believe our, our enemies across the world are watching as there are different hot spots in different places throughout the world. Of course, we know in Eastern Europe, of course, North Korea is always out there ready to you know, do some saber rattling. China uh, would love to move in on Taiwan. And of course, you know, so there's all these active situations, you know, Kosovo, different problems that are happening in the world. But right now, this is a major, major point of inflection. It's a major, um, you know, Israel is, is, a, is, a, is a country that's very important to us as believers and to understand end time prophecy. And so uh, everybody's watching What's going to happen the next couple of days? We need to be praying. I don't believe we should be fearful. I do believe we should be vigilant. I do believe that we should be actively praying and fasting. And so we are going to actually call a fast this week to pray for this situation. I do believe that we could uh, see the Lord move in a mighty way and we could thwart the plans of the enemy through prayer. I do believe there are wicked agendas and wicked plans behind this. I believe that there's more to this story than what we are seeing or, or hearing being reported. And again, I want to emphasize, I believe Israel is going to respond in a very dramatic way and the whole world is going to be shaken by their response. So uh, it's going to be a turbulent couple of weeks. Uh, this could initiate additional changes in the world, in the world order, as we see the effects of this uh, kind of go around the world and reverberate. And so we really have to see how this all develops. We're in a very dangerous time because here in America, there is a lack of leadership on the world stage. There's a lack of uh, really anything coming from Joe Biden. We're going to cover that on firepower tonight, uh, but it's very disturbing. And uh, we have to understand that when there's a vacuum of American leadership, unfortunately, this is what we see. And now we have a tremendous amount of instability around the world. So uh, anybody that thought that it was a good idea to vote Democrat, uh, I hope that you're now seeing the repercussions of that. Uh, we're not even talking about the Monroe Doctrine where that, you know, originally we would never let any communist countries have a foothold in this part of the hemisphere. Well, now, uh, unfortunately, they have En-ROADS in Brazil. They have En-ROADS and, you know, they're, they're setting up bases on the Northern Hemisphere. It's like the Monroe Doctrine is out the window now. And, you know, Cuba, I mean, different places where now uh, our adversaries are setting up uh, facilities, camps, bases, who knows what. So there's that problem for America right now. There's also the fact that our southern border has been, you know, pretty much open. Uh, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people, not millions of people have come over. It is millions of people that have come over the southern border. And these people are unvetted. Many of them are military age men. Uh, Chinese nationals, uh, all different types of folks. So uh, America is only being held together by the grace of God and by the prayers of the saints. Uh, we are very vulnerable. And uh, so if you have an urgency in your spirit, that's why. But again, uh, what place does fear have with love? Perfect love casts out fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. 
So I'm going to get into the biblical reasons today why we should be supporting Israel as Christians, and then I'm going to get into the covenants according to the Word of God, and then we'll go ahead and pray, and uh, please join us in prayer. And in the next few days, we are going to set up a Zoom meeting of some sort where we can come together as a remnant community, especially for the core group, and pray and intercede for Israel. So I'm just getting back from being away. Uh, many, many things going on. I have a packed schedule, but we will, in fact, have that time in the next few days. So hang tight. Thank you. So the, why Christians should support Israel? We got to remember the nation Israel is very special to God. Uh, we read this in Deuteronomy 7, 6 through 8. It says, for you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. The Lord did not set his affection on you and choose you because you were more numerous or, or uh, you know, they, there was more of you than other people, for you were the fewest of all peoples, but it was because the Lord loved you and kept the oath he swore to your forefathers that he brought you out of a mighty hand and redeemed you from the land of slavery, from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Okay, so we have to understand that, that just because they're God's chosen people, the people of Israel, the, the Jewish people, it doesn't mean God doesn't love us, you know, the same, it doesn't love us less, but these are the chosen people, and I'm going to explain why. God's eternal purpose is to bless the world through Israel, okay? Already he's done so in a measure for the salvation is from the Jews. That's in John, New Testament, 4.22. But the fullness of future blessing is indicated in the wondrous promise of Isaiah 27.6. In Isaiah 27.6, it says, In days to come, Jacob will take root, Israel will bud and blossom and fill the world with fruit. Now, the declaration that salvation is from the Jews suggests our immeasurable debt to Israel. Okay, understand this. All that we have worth having has come through the Jewish people. Our Bible is a Jewish book, and our Savior is a Jewish Savior. Let us not forget to pray for God's chosen people. That's why there's the spiritual warfare around the Jews, and that's why Ishmael and Isaac are still at war, and that's what we're seeing. It's a spiritual battle here. It's a spiritual battle that's been waging for centuries here. It has not just started in recent years. It's not because uh, Israel is occupying some territory. Now, we, we should not forget to pray for God's chosen people. It's true that Israel today is in the place of rejection. The nation is a secular, unbelieving as, as to the claims of the Scripture and their Messiah, Jesus Christ nation. Yes, it is a secular nation. Israel's society is very secular. They have rejected Messiah for the most part. And so I'm going to address that. At the present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace. That's in Romans 11.5. Some Jews are being saved and are becoming members of the body of Christ through faith in their Messiah. This is what we've seen happening. Some are having dreams. Some are having visions. They're coming to know Messiah. And I know many, many friends in my circles that this has happened to. Um, so there are Jews. There's a remnant. Wherever there's a remnant, it means God is not done moving. One of the United States' most worthwhile accomplishments has been our consistent regard to plight for the Jewish nation, to fight to stand with Israel. I believe that's why America has been uh, a shining city on a hill for many, many decades, uh, centuries even. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we've been around for over 200 plus you know, years, and uh, our nation has prospered. Our nation has had the favor of God because we understood that we should bless Israel. Now, obviously, Israel's only been a nation again since the 1947 
period. But we we as a people in America made a covenant with God, which means that we would come into agreement with everything that I've spoke so far today. We have been primarily a Christian nation. I know people try to say that we're not a Christian nation, but you know we have been even you can go back to the founders and go back to the Constitution, which is very much uh, you know in line with the Bible. Uh, the founding fathers openly read scripture, openly prayed. Uh, they made covenants to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so the same should be said for our befriending Israel as a nation. America has committed many sins for which we deserve judgment. But as a nation, we have been a consistent friend. Now listen to this. Consistent friend of the Jews and the nation of Israel. And because of that, we've been a benefactor. Okay, we benefited, even though we have much wickedness, even though we deserve judgment, our support of the nation of Israel has been considered by the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the one and only true God, and it is it has brought blessing on our country. Anytime that we've tried to divide the land, anytime that we've tried to come against Israel in any way in our policies, we have seen a response from God in that area. Think about Hurricane Katrina, right? So in 1948, President Harry Truman helped persuade the United Nations to recognize Israel as a nation. Uh, you know, obviously started in 47, but 48 is the official. And since then, the United States has contributed billions of dollars in aid, by the way, to Israel. From the biblical declarations of God's love and care for his chosen people, the nation of Israel, and from the history of the nations being destroyed because of their evil dealings with God's chosen people, the Jews, Christian believers, should give support to the chosen people of God. It is an anti-Christ spirit to come against the chosen people of God. Understand that. There is an anti-Christ spirit that is moving in, the, the unfortunately, in the body of Christ right now to try to confuse the saints, to, to turn against God's chosen people. And I've seen it play out on social media, and this is why I'm addressing this today. Okay, it's very important that we support Israel. This is not to say necessarily that we support the methods in which they use their in their relationships with the Arab nations. You know, the Bible warned that conflict would always characterize the relations between the descendants of Isaac and Ishmael. Sadly, this conflict will continue until Jesus comes back to judge the nations and sets up his a thousand year reign of peace on the earth. We must look at the big picture with the biblical worldview. While we do not support everything Israel does as a nation, we most definitely should support Israel's right to exist. God will fulfill his promises and covenants with Israel, and God still has a plan for Israel. And woe to anyone who seeks to defeat that plan. Whoever curses you, I will curse. That is what we're going to get into next. So hopefully that kind of explains in a nutshell why we as believers in Christ should indeed support Israel. Okay, very, very important. Now, I'm going to go over God's covenant. Sorry, I'm looking down, but obviously I don't have a teleprompter here. I want to just read because I think this is very important for us as believers to understand. So please give me grace on that. I thank you for tuning into this broadcast. Hopefully this will help if you've had any questions or if you've seen uh, conflicting reports about support of Israel online. Okay, so throughout the Bible, I'm going to read about God's covenant with Israel. This is biblical. You can look it up in the Bible. If you want to take notes, get a pen and a pad right now, and I will also share these notes with you on the broadcast later on. I will share them on my social media. So these are the covenants that God himself has made with Israel. Throughout the Bible, God establishes multiple covenants with Israel, and these covenants or understandings, that's what they are, their agreements, are the foundational to understanding the relationship God has given uh, with his chosen people 
and the broader redemptive plan for humanity. So we have to understand the covenants of God that God has made with the Jewish people are literally part, get this, of the redemptive plan for humanity. Without Israel, without the Jewish people, you're, you're, you're taking away the redemptive plan. There has to be a plan of redemption after what happened in the garden. And so that's why Israel is so important. That's why the Jewish people are so important. Again, we don't agree with everything the nation of Israel does, but we understand the covenant that God has. So I'm going to read number one. There's the Abrianic covenant, uh, Ab Abrahamic covenant, Abrahamic covenant that's found in Genesis 12, one through three, Genesis 12, one through three, also Genesis 15, one through 21, and Genesis 17, one through 14. This is the Abrahamic covenant okay it promises this is god promising to abraham his descendants will be as numerous as the stars and that his seed through his seed understand this through the seed of abraham this is god's promise to abraham himself his descendants will be as numerous as the stars and that through his seed all of the nations of the earth will be blessed did jesus not come from the seed of abraham yes he did we are blessed from Jesus, from Messiah, who connected a holy God with a sinful man, okay? This covenant was unconditional, unconditional, and was sign and signified the right of circumcision, okay? Unconditional covenant that God made. Number two, the Mosaic covenant. What's the Mosaic covenant? That's found in Exodus 19 through 24. Exodus 19 through 24, and it says this. At Mount Sinai, after delivering the Israelites from Egyptian bondage, remember that? We've been talking about a little bit of that recently. God provides the law, including the Ten Commandments. He provides the law, what he wants to, you know, us to, to live by, okay? And to Moses, if Israel obeys the law, they will be his treasured possession and a kingdom of priests. However, this covenant was conditionally based on Israel's obedience, and that's why We've seen Israel go into captivity as a nation. We've seen the temple be destroyed and then rebuilt. And we've seen throughout the years that when the people of God turn to idol worship, uh, turn to sinful activities and go away from the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, away from the covenant that God made, then Israel is cursed. But then there's a blessing when they return and repent and then God's hand in favor comes upon them. And I've been talking about this a lot uh, with the prophets and different things like that. So uh, understand that, okay? Uh, that's why I say, like, these prophets that are out there saying, you know, these quote-unquote prophets that are saying everything's going to be great, we don't have to do anything. No, there's, there's covenants that God's made. And when the people of God who are grafted in the vine, when we uh, obey the law of the Lord and his word and his scripture, we're blessed. When we repent, when we, when we praise the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the one and only true God, we don't make idols, we're blessed, and the favor comes upon us, it comes upon the nation. But when the people of God turn away from the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and they get into sin and get distracted and worship other gods and make idols, then God's favor and blessing is off, okay? Then there's the Davidic covenant. The Davidic covenant is in 2 Samuel 7, 8 through 16, 2 uh, Samuel 7, 8 through 16. And it says, God's promises, uh, God promises King David that his lineage will last forever and that his throne will be established permanently. This covenant points forward to Jesus Christ, who is from the line of David and reigns forevermore. Jesus, who was born of that root of David, even though he was fully God, he was also fully man, and he came to die for us on the cross 
and be that eternal sacrificial lamb. All we have to do is invite him in our heart and confess with our mouth that he is savior, repent of our sins, and then live according to his law and word, right? So then there's the new covenant, which is in Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34. This is the new covenant. And in the new covenant, uh, covenant, God promises a future where he would write his law on the hearts of his people. That's why I say people inherently know when they're in sin. He's written a law of the law on the, the hearts of his people, and they would truly be his. This covenant is realized through Jesus Christ and extends to all the new covenant, all both Jew and Gentile. That is how we come to salvation through Jesus Christ, the eternal sacrificial lamb. Does that make sense? So why should the church adhere to this? Okay, so I'm going to give you five reasons of why we should adhere to this. So after today's broadcast, if you want to replay this or go back and go through the scriptures that I talked about, this will make the explanation in the case, according to the word of God, why we as a people of God should absolutely stand with Israel and absolutely support Israel. Does that make sense? So why the church should adhere to this, okay? So fulfillment in Christ, number one. All these covenants find their ultimate fulfillment in Jesus Christ. He is the descendant of Abraham through whom all nations are going to be blessed. That's Galatians, if you want a scripture, Galatians 3, 16. Through him, all nations are blessed. Number two, the perfect keeper of the Mosaic law, Matthew 5, 17. Matthew 5, 17, the eternal king from David's line. Uh, Luke 1, 32 through 33, and the mediator of the new covenant through his blood. That's Luke 22, 20. So we have fulfilled through Jesus Christ. The only way to the father is through the son. Jesus Christ. Jesus comes from the lineage of Abraham. It's the fulfillment of the prophecy in Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, number two, understanding God's faithfulness. Okay, we got to understand his faithfulness. By understanding God's covenants with Israel, the church can better appreciate God's faithfulness. Okay, despite Israel's periodic unfaithfulness, God remains true to his promises. He does this with us too. If we repent, if we turn from sin and unrighteousness, his hand, his blessing, his favor is on our life. He's a good father. He wants to bless us. Doesn't matter what's going on in the world. His hand and his favor and blessing will be upon us, okay? Um, God remains true to his promises, and this offers us assurance to the church about God's unchanging nature. That's another reason why I say some of these prophets don't understand is because God is consistent. He lets us know what he wants from us. He wants us to be a repentant people. He wants us to be a people that don't worship idols. He wants us to be a people that turn from sin and unrighteousness. And he wants to be people that come out of the Babylon system. If we do that in our personal life, in our family, in our marriage, we will see blessing on our household. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Does that make sense? Okay, number three, theological continuity. Uh, continuity, theological continuity. The covenants provide a continuous theological narrative from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Recognizing this con continuity helps the church understand its place in God's redemptive history. We've got to understand our identity in Christ, and we understand this has been the plan, and the plan is playing out. It's God's plan. It's not going to change. It's God is the same. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's already told us. What's going to happen? He's, he's told us the plan of redemption through Jesus Christ. He's explained that we're going to rule and reign with him for all eternity. And he's explained through biblical prophecy how everything unfolds. And that's exactly how it unfolds, by the way. Gentile inclusion. I'm not talking about 
inclusion like the world is talking about today. I'm talking about the fact that while the covenants were initially with Israel through Christ in the new covenant, the blessings of those covenants are extended to Gentiles. Where does it say that, Pastor Todd? It says it in Ephesians 2, 12 through 13. Paul mentions that Galatians were once without Christ and strangers from the covenants of promise, but have now been brought near by the blood of of Jesus Christ. That's why the enemy doesn't want us talking about the blood of Jesus, the cross of Calvary, the fact that Jesus Christ is the Messiah and that through him we have salvation when we accept him, right? Holiness and obedience. Oh, why is no one preaching this? Holiness and obedience. While Christians are under the new covenant and not bound by Mosaic law per se, the principles behind the law, like loving God and loving one's neighbor, remain. Jesus did not come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill the law. So they provide a moral and ethical guidance to the church. And I always say to people, well, what part of the Ten Commandments are wrong? I mean, you know, God still expects us, for the most part, to, to live by his law, even though Jesus came to fulfill the law. So we don't have to do the sacrifices and some of the things that they had to do in the Old Testament. Okay. So in conclusion, while the church is distinct from Israel, distinct from Israel, we're not replacement theology, and the covenants were made primarily with Israel, understanding these covenants is essential for grasping the full scope of God's redemptive plan. There is a redemptive plan in our world. Even though the news is bad and everything is scary and we can get caught up in whatever the latest situation is, and trust me, there's carnage and there's awful things happening right now and we need to pray for peace and we need to stand with Israel. But we know ultimately this is part of the redemptive story and these covenants that God made, which I just went through, and understanding them is essential for grasping the full scope of this redemptive plan. Okay, and recognizing and respecting these covenants allows the church to have a richer and deeper understanding of our faith and the vastness of God's love and promises. Why didn't I just say all what I said today? Because I want you to be blessed. I want your family to be blessed. I want your life to be blessed. I want you to be saved, set free, healed, and delivered. Why? Because that's what God wants for you. While we're in a very turbulent time, and it may not get less turbulent, it may get more turbulent. In fact, it probably will. Uh, we are going to have the peace that passes understanding being in the understanding of who we are in Jesus Christ. We, 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 we listen to the Holy Spirit, we pray, and we fast, and we call upon the name of the Lord. And the Bible says that he is with us until the end of the age. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. So friends, in this turbulent time, we turn our hearts and our minds to the word of God and to Jesus Christ, and we, and we turn them to God, and we call a fast now, a fast. And uh, today is the 10th of October. We're going to do a 10-day fast, and we're going to start it. If you want to start it today or this evening, you can, or we could start it fresh tomorrow. I think I'm going to start it right after this broadcast, but we are calling a 10-day fast for Israel where we pray and we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray for the, the people of Israel, the Jewish state, and we pray for every life, including the lives of those in Gaza and the Palestinians and all life. We pray for them, their safety, their protection, but we pray God's will, God's will and protection, and we bless Israel and you know why we bless Israel, because I just read all the reasons why we as Christians need to bless Israel. So if you have any questions about this, if something does not make sense to you, feel free to reach out to us at pastortodd.org, pastortodd.org, and we will do more videos about this. I'll do another video soon where we go deeper into the history of understanding uh, 
between Isaac and Ishmael and how that conflict started, why it started, and it kind of sets the groundwork for where we are today. So this has been a battle that's been waging for a very, very long time. It did not start in 1948. It started many, many, many hundreds of years ago in that period of time of Abraham. So we will get into that a little bit more. But in the meantime, I hope this gives you a little bit more understanding. Let's go ahead and pray right now. And will you come into agreement with me in this remnant community for the nation of Israel, the Jewish people, and for every person that's involved in conflict in that part of the world right now, that God's perfect will would be done and that we would see lives spared and we would see favor and blessing. So in Jesus' name, we just want to pray right now. We thank you, God. Lord, we know in the midst of this crazy situation, this very turbulent period of time, we as a people of God are called to stand with the Jewish people, stand with Israel, and to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, as you say in your word. And so today we initiate a fast that will go for 10 days where we will pray for Israel and for this war that has been declared and for you to prevail. Lord God, you are great. You are mighty. And we come into agreement with your will and your word and for peace of Jerusalem, for peace in this region and for your plans to be initiated and enacted. We know that they will. And we come into agreement with you, God, and we come into agreement with your plan. And we pray for life and for protection and for favor and for blessing. And I I pray that America stands with Israel as well and that your blessing and favor will come upon us as a nation and we will see revival in this land in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for being a part of today's broadcast. If this is helpful information to you, please share it. Let others know about what we shared today and we will do more of these sometime soon. Remember, we have just initiated a 10 day fast. Some it will start tomorrow morning, some it will start tonight, but whenever you wanna start it, let's go ahead and fast for the peace of Jerusalem. God bless you and thank you for tuning in. Hey friends, thank you so much for tuning in to today's broadcast. You know, we're fully listener supported, which means that we can't do the work that we're doing unless we have your support. Please pray about becoming a monthly partner to this ministry. We are affecting the lives of many people by the grace of God. And in order for us to expand or even to stay doing what we're doing, we need your help. Thank you so much for prayerfully considering to become a partner. We truly appreciate you and bless you in Jesus' name.